Now we're going to continue on with our, our series this morning. We've been looking at a series called Lord, Teach Us to Pray. And we've been focusing on the, the Lord's Prayer as recorded in Luke and in Matthew. This is a, a beautiful prayer. This is a, a prayer taught to us by Jesus. It's a, a prayer taught by the Master himself. A very lesson, an actual invitation to pray. And we've looked at a few themes as we've gone through this series so, series so far. First, we looked at why do we pray? Why would we, we even do so? We've looked at how to pray. And then we looked at adoring or adoration, adoring and focusing on our Father in heaven. And then our last message looked at intercession, focusing on those words, your kingdom come, your will be done. Like the early disciples, we come to Jesus with the question, Lord, teach us to pray. We come with yearning hearts and we learn that this, this, this call, as we call out to God the Father for his kingdom come, for your will be done, at first is a, is a call to humble our hearts before God. It's also a call to seek his will in our lives above our very own. And this is a, an interesting passage. Have a look. I'd like to actually read the full Lord's Prayer. In Matthew 6 from verse 9 we read, Pray like this, says Jesus, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. This morning I'd like to focus, continue to focus on the your will be done section of this prayer. Because the reality is that if we're going to pray your will be done, that at times when we pray our prayers go unanswered. As we surrender ourselves to the very will of God, we find that when we call out to him there are times when God doesn't answer or where he seems silent. And it can be very easy to simply say quite logically, well, yes, I guess then, then if we, we cry out to God and he doesn't answer us, it, it wasn't his will. It can be very simple to, to answer in that form and then move on, but this is a very significant struggle for us and for many people. For often there are times when we try out to God for, for seemingly good things, seem, things that are surely God's will and yet they go unanswered. We pray for loved ones to be healed or we kept for people to be kept safe. And when these requests sometimes go unanswered, we cannot help but wonder why. Father, why? And it creates in us an inner struggle, especially when we know that God is good and that he is all-powerful. We pray, we fast, we hold all-night prayer meetings, we gather as God's community, we even declare God's faithfulness boldly and yet at times he still does not answer in the way in which, in which we wish. And I need to admit that in my own life this is often a personal struggle. Yes, there are times when I pray for people and we see God answer prayer. There have been times I've prayed for people and, and there has been healing. Yet there are many times also when we pray and those prayers are not answered. In my own life, I have family members who have been unwell for, for many years and at certain times uh, 
It was a very, very deep struggle. We prayed for years for, for some of those family members to be healed and yet God still remains to be quiet in those areas. Or as a pastor, I often have the privilege to go and to meet with people who are unwell, who get bad news, find themselves in hospital. It's a privilege to come and to support them and often to pray for them and often those prayers are for prayers of healing and yet often and many times healing does not come. I think of the, over the years here being at Roval Baptist Church, sat with many of our members who have contracted cancer or other diseases and who found themselves spiralling down with ill health And even after prayer, even after prayer meetings, these individuals still passing away. It brings deep sadness. So we can often help, we can't help, sorry, we can't help but be left wondering why doesn't God answer? For many this has been the very reason that they have given up on God God or, or not committed to him in the first place. I speak with people who say, oh, prayer, I tried that, it doesn't work. Very quickly move on. I believe we need to be honest with this struggle. You see, it can be easy to oversimplify faith or to avoid the real and authentic struggles. As I read the Bible, I find that the Bible doesn't ignore or or push this tension to the side. If anything, it is honest about this very struggle. The Psalms, the book of Job, Nehemiah, the book of Lamentations are all books that contain the cries of people who come before God in in their sorrow, in their grieving, in their suffering, questioning his very purposes. It's, It's honest. Have a look at King David, as he cries out to God in Psalm 22, verses 1 to 2, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groaned for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. Can you see the honesty in those words? And then we see also in the life of Jesus and I this is this is interesting in Jesus Christ himself in John chapter 17 verse 21 Jesus prayed these words we have this privilege of having a prayer of Jesus recorded and as a this prayer is actually a prayer for his believers those who would come after him and Jesus prayed I prayed that they will all be one just as you and I are one as you are in me father and I am in you I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Have a look closely. Jesus prayed for the unity of his believers. Yet if we look at the world around us, we need to be honest. There seems to be much disunity amongst believers. And in some nations... People of faith are more divided than ever. And so, what do we do in this place? We need to be honest. We need to be very real in the midst of this struggle. So, why do our prayers go unanswered is is where we'll focus our time this morning. 
And I'm going to borrow, I've inherited the framework from Pete uh, Grieg from his book, How to Pray. And uh, Pete is the, the author of the prayer course that we've been working through uh, with that online small group. Bit of a plug, come and join us um, if you are able. And he presents some teaching every time we do that. But I believe he gives a, a wonderful framework, something for us to grasp onto, to help us understand this idea of unanswered prayer. And the first is simply this. In God's world, why, why do our prayers go unanswered? Because God's world has been created in a particular way and in a particular design. If we go right back to the, the beginning of the Bible, if we look at Genesis, we see that the, the world was created in, in, the, in the six days and then the day of rest, but in this, in this order, with, with intention, uh, with, with design. It wasn't haphazard. So God created things for a very real purpose. There are laws that are in place for a very real purpose. <laughs> and so we cannot defy the laws of nature, even in Jesus' name. If I walk up to a cliff face and jump and call out, Jesus, save me in the mighty name of Jesus, well, I would hate to say it, but I believe gravity will most likely have its way. These are laws that, that God has designed it and put in place they're here for a reason. They, they hold our universe and our world together. It's a part of God's creation and in and of itself is a miracle. In and of itself is an amazing mystery. Now I must add that in scripture there are a couple of times where God inter- intervenes. There, there are these miraculous events where God steps in and maybe pauses the sun <laughs> or, or even the moon But these are exceptions. These are not the norm. And so often when we pray and our prayers go unanswered, it's because it's in conflict with the way the world has been created. I often sometimes think that God gets a lot of blame for things that are not his fault. As as humankind, we, we love creating, but we love risk. We love pushing the boundaries. Men and women climb cliff faces with, with ropes. We create these devices or these, these machines. Uh, what, some of them you know well. You, you sit in them at, and, and travel on a freeway, travelling over 100 kilometres an hour to get from one place to the next. And, and these are all man-made inventions. And at times they fail. And at times human error comes in. And often we cry out, Lord, Why? Well, part of it just simply has to do with the fact that physics will win. We put ourselves in uh, situations where the laws of nature will have their way. And so at times our prayers go unanswered because they're in conflict with the created order, the very order that God instituted and designed. There's more. I'm going to move on because the third is probably the one I want to focus more on. We also see this. Our prayers often go unanswered because of God's war. God's war. In Ephesians we read these words. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Sorry, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. We need to be reminded that not all 
is as it seems. There is a spiritual realm that we cannot see and it's a place where a war rages for the souls of humankind. We often don't think about it because we cannot see it. And the book of Daniel gives us a, a rare glimpse into this, into this world. It, it connects this spiritual realm with the idea of our prayers. And in Daniel chapter 10 from verse 7, I'm going to just summarise this, 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 this passage from Daniel. Daniel is fasting and praying. He's living in a land that is against God. And he's standing against those who would defy him and, and often, at, often he, would, he would take time out to fast and to pray. And on one occasion where he's fasting and praying for many days, he sees a vision. In verse 7 of chapter 10, we read that Daniel, only I, saw this vision. And he sees a vision of an angel coming to him. An angel comes and shares a message with him. And this, this messenger says, Daniel, you are very precious to God, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. And then the message goes on and in verse 12 we read this in regards to this vision and this message. This is the messenger speaking. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer, but for 21 days the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I have come here to explain what will happen to your people in the future for this vision concerns a time yet to come. Okay, what's going on there? Who's this spirit prince of Persia? These are evil spirits. We've got this glimpse of the, the heavenly messengers, the heavenly angels at war, battling with the evil realm. We have this image of Daniel praying and his requests coming before God and this messenger coming to answer this prayer to come to Daniel, yet there's this spiritual battle that takes place for 21 days. It's a rare glimpse of what happens in the heavenlies, but it reminds us of this, that there is a spiritual battle that still wages. We may not see heavenly visions like Daniel did, but that same spiritual battle occurs that same spiritual battle wages in the heavenlies to stop or to bring those to Jesus Christ. Now you might be saying, but surely Jesus Christ has been victorious by his death and his resurrection. Yes, amen to that. Yes, the winning position has been taken, but the battle has not yet been completed. The winning position of the war has been won, yet the battle still rages. The evil one with all his power that he has left for a very short time is like a cornered stray cat who continues to strike out with the very last moments and with his very last breath that he has. We live in a time before eternity comes in its fullness. We live in a time where Jesus waits patiently for those to place their trust in him. For we read in 2 Peter chapter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. Now this promise is the promise of his return. No, he is being patient for your sake, for he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. 
So we live in a time where this spiritual battle still rages. And so as you pray for those who don't know Jesus Christ, it's not as simple as God is not answering your prayer. The evil one is fighting against the work of God. As you pray for those who don't know him, you're actually praying against evil spirits that would be hindering the people's vision in their eyes from seeing the truth of Jesus Christ. The battle wages as you pray and as you come to your knees. So therefore, as we, we're aware of this, as we pray, it can be helpful to be reminded of this and say, I need to keep praying. There's a battle that wages. There's a battle. I need to keep praying. I need to keep praying. And so much literature about revivals all over the world and in different parts of the world. Revival often came after a very significant moment and time dedicated to prayer. And so often you will hear the language being said that, that there was a time that came where there was a shift in the spirit, where a battle was won in the heavenly realms, where the evil one was defeated in the heavenly realms and where the Holy Spirit was able to do far more work because people's hearts and their eyes and their spiritual eyes, their spiritual ears were open. This is referring to this reality that as we pray, we pray into this spiritual place. And so it's not as easy as praying a prayer and seeing it answered. It's more like a battle that we wage on our knees. So it encourages us to keep praying. It may seemingly go unanswered, but with time and with persistence, we can see change. So we're reminded of these things. Firstly, prayers seemingly go answered because of God's world, his created order, but also because of this war, this spiritual war that occurs in the heavenly, in the spiritual places. And thirdly, Prayers often seemingly go unanswered because of God's will. We read in 1 John 5.14 that this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we ask anything according to his will. And this is a this is something that shows us that often our prayers are not aligned with his will. For whatever purpose, we're not aligned with what God wants. Now, there are things that put us out of alignment, like you know, your body, your back, and, and so forth, a fall or walking uh, improperly. Now, there are things that, that put us out of spiritual alignment with God. A couple of those are, are very, very uh, to the point. For instance, in James 4.3 we read that even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. So often we pray for things out of selfish motives or, or because of greed. Proverbs 21.13 says, Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. There are also other things, sin can often put us out of alignment with God's will. Psalm 66.18 says, If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. King David says in Psalm, If I had cherished sin, meaning intentionally held on to sin, not let go of sin in my life, well, when I come to God, my prayers will go unanswered. 
We also find that unbelief can place us out of alignment. James 1, 6-8 says, Ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. So this idea too that we need to come with faith, with, with belief, not coming already believing that it, it won't come to pass. These are a few things that put us out of alignment. Selfish motives, sin in our life, unbelief. But at times these aren't the things that get in the way. At times we come with pure motives. At times we come aligned with God, in right relationship with him, not for greed, unselfishly, and yet he still does not seem to answer. So we need to be reminded that we can't always understand God's ways. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, God speaking, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my, my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. But just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than yours. So often we can't understand what God is doing. We can't understand or see him at work. We need to be reminded that just because we can't understand him doesn't mean he is not working. You see, we tend to be so focused on the moment, but God is focused on eternity. He sees the bigger picture in our world, not just just our lives. He reminds us that this life is not the final destination. There's a much bigger picture at play here. We are often so focused on our own comforts and, 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 and on that very moment, but God is more focused on our character. And so he's often transforming us more and more to be like Christ. So often our prayers go unheard, unanswered because God has other things for us and other things in store that we may not understand. One of the most famous examples of this is when we look at the life of Jesus Christ. For if God is transforming us to be like Christ, then he is our greatest example. And at one particular time in the Garden of Gethsemane we read, and we see Jesus praying. This is just before he's about to be taken to be crucified. And in chapter 22, verse 42 of the Gospel of Luke, Jesus cries out, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. If anything summarises this idea up better, this is it. Father, if you are willing, Jesus asks, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Think about that. Jesus is asking for God to remove this. Is there another way? I, I, I just really, really prefer to do this another way, says Jesus. We, we see his humanness. We, we, we see Jesus in his vulnerable state right here. Take it away. If, if I don't have to go through this, but, he says, yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. And we know that this prayer goes unanswered. 
Jesus goes to the cross, would give his life and because of that would be raised from the dead, would defeat death and would bring life for you and for me. Sometimes God calls us to go through difficult situations to make us and to grow us to be more like Christ. And often because there's more in the struggle than in the comfort. Jesus is our example. He's our hope, he's our focus. And yes, God often allows us to see difficult times to grow us and to shape us but we thank God that he has our best intentions at heart. In the midst of this, he loves us. Matthew chapter 7, verse 9 says, Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? See, our Father in heaven has our good intentions at heart. It often means going through tough seasons for our good. I wonder if you've seen Bruce Almighty. It's an interesting movie. It's a, it's a comedy. And in this interesting scene, this, this character has been... Now, this isn't a true story. I'll just put it out there. It's a humorous tale. But in this scene... The, the character in the, in the story is given all the powers that God has. God takes a break and he is given all the powers, including the ability to answer all the prayers of the world. And in this scene, all of these prayers come to him in all of these different forms, first as, as voices in his head and finally he comes up with this idea, all the prayers are going to come via email. He makes this possible, sits on the computer and there's so many as the emails are flooding in, they're just one after the other, one after the other, one after the other and almost in frustration, this, this, this person, this person I guess reacting in, in a human type of way gets really frustrated and clicks to all of the emails, selects all emails and clicks this one little answer, this one little response. Answer all, yes, click. And to every single person's prayer request, the answer goes out, yes. And mayhem follows. As everybody gets what they want, well, chaos breaks out. For every person's selfish desire is being granted. Every single change, every single thing takes place and the world turns to chaos. I love what William Colbertson says, keep praying but be thankful that God answers, God's answers are wiser than your prayers. Keep praying but be thankful that God's answers are wiser than your prayers. For there are times when our own prayers are not for our good or for the good of the world. So we thank God that he has our best intentions at heart and we thank God that he sees the bigger picture. I want to finish with this last thought as an encouragement also. I want to encourage you also that when your prayers go unanswered, when our prayers go unanswered, we often mistake this for God's absence. 
We pray and there's no answer. We often then believe that he's not with us. But this is not the case. For he promises us in Numbers 23, Hebrews 13, that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, for God is always with us. It may simply be that God has other things in mind for us, something we may not understand, yet we trust in him. For he has our best intentions at heart. He loves us. So I'm not sure where you find yourself today. I wonder if there are things that you've been praying for for many days, many years, maybe many decades. I'm not sure. I hope you may be encouraged in this time to simply know God is with you. God hears. God hears your prayers. For whatever reason that those prayers are not being answered, keep trusting in him. Know that he has your best intentions at heart. Maybe you'll never get an answer to that prayer the way in which you seek. Still trust him. Maybe the answer to that prayer is just around the corner. Keep trusting. Maybe the answer to that prayer is simply no. Keep trusting. Knowing that God is always with you. And it's in this place following the example of Jesus Christ that we come and simply say Father your will be done whatever Father I want this, I seek this I need this but your will be done I trust in you so this morning as we sit in our lounge rooms or wherever you may be I want to invite you to come Come before God in humility to surrender yourself the way that Jesus did putting aside your own desires and trusting yourself to our Lord and to our Saviour knowing that he cares for us committing ourselves to him and to his work I know as I say that, that's not easy. There's a struggle in all of us. But I pray that you may come and surrender yourself afresh or maybe for the first time to come and surrender yourself to the one who loves you and cares for you. I invite you to join me as I pray. Pray these words in your own heart with me. Father, We thank you that you are always with us. Even when our prayers go unanswered and you seem silent, we thank you that you do not leave or forsake us. You have promised that you will always be with us. And Father, we come to you also admitting, Lord, that there are things that put us out of alignment with you. So, Lord, if there's sin in our lives... There are things that separate us from you, Father. Make them known to us right now. May Holy Spirit come and just bring them to our minds. And we come and we ask for your forgiveness. 
Forgive us, Lord, for our greed. Forgive us, Lord, for our unbelief. Forgive us, Lord, for sin that we hold deep within our hearts, that we haven't wanted to let go, but right now in this place, we bring it before you. And we ask for your forgiveness. We confess it, Father, to you. And we lay it, your, lay it at your feet and we ask for your forgiveness. We thank you, Father, that you do. Lord, we come before you. We humble our hearts before you. And we surrender ourselves to you. Lord, believe in you. We believe that you have your best intentions for us and for our world. And Lord, at times we can't see it, we can't understand it, but we choose to trust in you. Right now, Father, we place our trust in you. Lord, may your kingdom come, may your will be done in this world and in our lives. We surrender ourselves to your will, Father. We hand over control to you. And Lord, I pray right now that each person who's praying this prayer will know an extra measure of your presence, Lord, and your peace right now in the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, just come around your church, come around your people. Lord, for those in particular who've been struggling with unanswered prayer for many years, I pray that they will just know your very real presence. Holy Spirit, Work in our hearts, work in our lives. Lord, we give ourselves over to you. We thank you that you are good and that you love us. And we will trust in you. We'll trust in you in all things. Give us the strength, we pray, by the power of your Holy Spirit and all of God's people say, Amen.